Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad Podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the Fatherhood Authority. Kenneth Braswell. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell. Um, And do I have a special show for you today? Um, This past week, I had the opportunity of presenting at the third annual National Returning Citizens Conference at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, Dallas. And so, um, got a chance to meet a lot of great people in the work of reentry and working with returning citizens and responsible fatherhood in all levels of government and all levels of not-for-profits around the country. I got a chance to speak to a few of them. And in that com- in those conversations, I was able to do something that I've never done before, which is do an I Am Dad podcast live on location. And so it was my first time doing it. Got to iron out the kinks, but I was able to get in three interviews um, throughout the day. And I want to share those short interviews with you today with three dynamic people. The first one is Gregory Bowers, who was a graduate of the Tyro program um, in Fort Worth, Texas at the Potter's House. Um, he is part of Tory. Um, that organization is called the Texas Offenders Reentry Initiative, and it is part of the um, Potter's House work body of work. The second person I'm going to introduce you to is Dr. Masiska Jordan, um, who is a professor at Bowie State University doing some incredible stuff with returning citizens. And then the third person is gonna be Chaplain Christopher Houston, who has a new book out that we're gonna talk about. But sit back and relax, short interviews, three of them. Thought I would put together something special and you're going to be hearing more I Am Dad podcast live on location at conferences to bring you some of the brightest, biggest, progressive and influential voices in the field of responsible fatherhood. Sit back and enjoy, peace. All right, welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. We're actually here at the third annual National Returning Citizens Conference at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, Texas. And my man with me today is Gregory Bowers. He is part, or have been part of the Tory program. Want to talk a little bit about his journey throughout the Tory program and tell me a little bit about yourself. We're going to have a little conversation about returning citizens. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, my name is Gregory Bowers. I am a graduate of the Tory program. I graduated in 2012. Uh, I moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, my dealings with the, uh, I can hear myself right. Mm-hmm. My dealings with the tour program um, has been very great. As you can see, I'm here now, 10 years later of my graduation. I'm still involved with them. Um, it's just been a great deal. It's an eye opener to a lot of situations or issues that's happening in our community mm-hmm. that they're helping out with, man. So I'm, I'm all for it because we, we, we need to help. Okay, tell me a little bit about your personal background and how you got connected with them. Okay, well, of course I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually moved to Texas on a felony probation. Okay. Caught a felony in Wisconsin and um, came down here to try to do something different with my life. Mm-hmm. And upon me coming down here, you know, of course, with a felony, it's going to be hard to get jobs and stuff like that. So... I attended uh, the 
Powderhouse, and they I heard about the tour program, and I immediately signed up uh, signed up for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon my signing up for it, man, they had these classes that just help you take a, a good look at yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and what you finna, you know what you want to do with yourself in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead. Now, talk about the process of looking for help because you know that's one of the biggest issues with returning citizens. It's like who to ask what. Like mm-hmm. you don't. What helped you with understanding that? Because that is one of the biggest obstacles. Like knowing who to ask and knowing what to ask. Honestly, like I say, I went to church. Okay. <laughs> All right. I went to church. Uh, I, it wasn't anything on the street or anything at my job or anything that I seen on a flyer that was drawing me to some a place like that. Mm-hmm. Upon uh, until I went to church, mm-hmm. and then when I heard about reentry for offenders and stuff like that, I just I, I went there because before I went to the tour program, it was hard for me to get a job. It's hard for me to get housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just to reiterate myself back into the to society, because again, I was new to Texas. I didn't, I didn't have no rep report with anybody, no, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And upon that, I mean, once I got with the tour program, I, I started rubbing elbows with a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it, it just landed from there. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest challenge in your transition? Housing. Really? Wow. Yeah. What about housing? Even though um, tour program, they, it, it is a program that it takes time. I still had to. Get on my baby mama lease. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was paying rent without getting the the history of mm-hmm. paying rent. Um, so that was a challenge. But Tory program helped me in other ways. They helped me how to develop a resume. They had life skill classes in there to help teach me how to talk to interviewers. Teach me how to talk on interviews. Okay. Um, also, um, parenting. Okay. Stuff like that. Things that I didn't really have uh, teaching or didn't really have a up. I ain't gonna say upbringing, but teaching out those skills on okay. how to how to you know be a productive such citizen in 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 the United States okay. or in my city. Now how long were you incarcerated? Uh 5 years. 5 years. Yeah. So from a promotional perspective, what was the most difficulty in emotionally reattaching with my kids? Really? Tell me with, about with, that. With the, with, the, with the mothers of my kids. Mhm. Um my son was young, real young. Um and 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 to to kind of talk about the impact it had on him mm-hmm. he would have to tell you but his lifestyle now he's 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 in college okay uh, both me and his mother both been in prison mm-hmm. my son actually grew up watching him and his you know grew up watching us through glasses mm-hmm. through the glass wow and it must have been a, a major major you know uh factor of his to see you know i, I, didn't, I didn't want him to think that this was going to be his life i packed up man I, once i got out of prison I had custody of my son. I got custody of my son. I got out at 23. Okay. I got out at 23. About 25, I had full custody of my son. Nice. I was a single father. No nothing. No job. Well, I had a job. I was uh, the halfway house. Okay. Ended up giving you a, uh, some some job or experience, something like that. But I kept mm-hmm. the job. Most mm-hmm. people get out and go the other way. But I kept the job. It helped save my life. And like I said, I had to see my son. And that was my main motivation. Then... Where I was at, I kept getting in trouble. Mm. I didn't have the resources that that I really needed to keep me away from because the negative is what pulled me more. You know, the, the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, I drive past the, the corner store. Being triggered. They, they're they looking at me. Oh, you finna go work for the white man. man. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it kind of made me feel bad. It did. But I kept looking at Little Greg. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I kept driving past him. 
two years went past. Now they knocking on my shoulder. Hey, man, your job hiring? <laughs> so I had to step out and do. But even then, mm -hmm. the resources and then availability, I tried to get out on my own and get a house for me and my son. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Wow. I, I can get one in the hood. I can get one in the hood, but I, I, I don't want to go to the hood. Mm -hmm. I don't want my son to see what I'm trying to get away from because when you're in the hood, you, you kind of forced to be who you is known to be. Right. And you know it's easy I mean? to be who you think you are. Who I think I am. Exactly. Right. When I came to Texas, man, I'm totally different. Because mm. I don't have nobody to remind me. I don't have nobody to call me the old name. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. just, it was just a whole change, of, uh, change of, of, of atmosphere to help me change my mind. But even then, mm -hmm. that felony still followed me here. Well, the paper going to always follow it, you. It followed right? me here, and I still had the same challenge. Yeah, the paper's yeah. going to follow you. You say he's in college now. Has he ever been able to... Um, articulate and or express to you the impact of you not being in his early life? Mm, he, he really haven't. He, he didn't really say, but he haven't. How about appreciation for you being there now? Well, you know what? I, I would say, man, it, it's been, it was a rough battle with my son. You know, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because, you know, you're trying to teach him something. Like I say, upon getting out of prison, I wasn't fully, right. you know, Invested in myself on, on what I'm not, you know, I, I still dibble and dabble, okay? okay? And, and I'm just going to be mm -hmm. totally, totally transparent here. And trying to raise a son, it was, I can't tell you, I'm tell you this, mm -hmm. but I'm showing you this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? So it was a big kind of, I was by myself. Mm -hmm. My mother moved to Texas. My father was, you know, wasn't around, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. um, and I just didn't have the help. But I tried to do what I know best. So I hustled in front of my son. Mm -hmm. And recently, when we moved, my son was not happy to move, to leave Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So I was I was dealing with him. He, he didn't want to, you know, it was a lot of stuff he did purposely. Because he didn't want to move. keep you there. Yeah. 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 So, but when we got here, he, I got him in school. He graduated high school. Um, ended up going to college. It was a rough high school year, too. Mm -hmm. It was real rough. I'm not going to say everything was peaches and cream, but we made it. He graduated high school, and he surprised me by going to Prairie View. Wow. Yeah. Good for and, him. And he told me, he said, Pops, thank you. Mm -hmm. I may not tell you much, but thank you. Mm -hmm. Everything you told me, I've been listening. And, man, that, that right there, the years mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. fighting back and forth, with that right there, that moment, that's when he, that moment is when he expressed to me, man, I, Pops, I, I appreciate you. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, you know, because sometimes they don't have the words to show appreciation. They can only show you in gestures. Mm -hmm. And one of the most, you know, I guess, intimate, personal ways of, like, showing someone that you care for them is showing them that you heard them. Mm -hmm. And right? that right there yeah. was, was the best. I, I actually cried. Right. He didn't know I was crying, but right. I cried. Yeah. Because no. that's deep. Like when you, like you, like you said, been talking, talking, talking. I don't know if he's listening. He looked like it's going in one end right out the other. Then all of a sudden, one day, they start telling you everything you either said or you showed them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, the light comes on at a different time for everybody, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes what you have to do as a parent is just plant seeds. Like you can't, I mean, a harvester, not a harvester, but a, a, a planter's job is only to plant the seed, 
like you plant the seed and you put it in fertile ground and you hope the ground cultivates it to one day it begins to harvest, right? And things begin to harvest it. But it's not your job to harvest it. It's Mm -hmm. only your job to plant it in the the ground that's going to cultivate it in a way to come out what you expect to come out. And even if it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like, it is what it is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Man, proud of you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. um, Again, uh, his little brother's in college. Yeah, I've been to prison, man. I think I, I don't want. I'm not glorifying it, right? But I played it real rough, right? Out right. there, and it was very, very hard to try to go across the street mm-hmm. and go into a facility, a mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. and to have to listen and deal with certain people. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was better then, yeah. mentally. Yeah, that I knew that I was good at something, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't resonating mm-hmm. with me at that vom- at yeah. that moment. But I'm mature, man. God okay. has been with me. What keeps you focused now? Is it God that keeps you focused? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's number one for for sure. Uh, but but my kids definitely saved me, man. Like okay. kept me away from, mm-hmm. you know, helped me make better decisions. Now, mm-hmm. I ain't make all the best decisions, mm-hmm. but I, the decisions that I I can live with. Yeah. You, you know, young I, bro, where you gonna be in ten years? Well. Uh, hopefully, I'll be doing something like this here, man, helping people to, uh, you know, reiterate themselves back into the to the society and also uh, do preventative care. I want to stop it before it get there. Right. Um, I, I, I really love these kids. I, I really think about these kids um, real. I'm sorry. I really think about these kids as our future for real. The Whitney Houston song really resonated with me when I was a kid. Okay. Because, you know, you pour into these. Teachers are children, the children are our future. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I believe the children I always laugh. I always play that at the beginning when I do speeches. You know which one, which version of it I play? Uh-uh. I always play the version from um, Coming to America with <laughs> Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> when he dropped the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. But um, the song is so like when you hear the song, everybody just want to sing it. But the way he does it, and people just kind of like laugh at it. But yeah, but to your point, the words matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the words matter. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, I really man. appreciate you, man. You, yeah, you, you're man. doing a great deal with yeah. people, man, with fathers, and, and I, I would love to continue. Yeah, let's stay connected because, that's like I said, that's one of the things I want to intentionally do is I want to make sure that the connections that I make today, that I cultivate those into real relationships and not just a card that ends up on my desk piling up with all the rest of the other cards. So thank you, man. I appreciate you. Hey, man, we need Good luck, bro. Here, brother. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you, you so much for joining I Am Dad Podcast. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell. I'm here at the second, um, third annual uh, Returning Citizens Conference here at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, Dallas. And so, but my guest right now is Dr. Um, Masika. 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 Dr. Jordan. Um, we sat on a panel together here. She's an awesome, awesome person. Um, she's a tenured professor at Bowie State University, and she also owns a un- uh, her own company. Talk to me a little bit about your work and what you do. So the work that I do is I take people with lived experiences. So they could have a lived experience where they used to use drugs or alcohol, a lived experience where they used to do prison time or, you know, they were incarcerated. They could have a lived experience of a mental illness, any lived ex- gambling addictions, any lived experience where you overcame a problematic issue mm-hmm. we can get you trained and in that training we can get you a state certification if you pass an exam at the state level so our training is approved in every u.s state and it's called a peer recovery specialist okay those peers go back and they help people work through the same issues they overcame mm-hmm. now you have a why talk to me a little bit about your why yeah my why um so my husband i love him to life uh, he did 16 years and and had three 
life sentences. God brought him home. And then mm-hmm. when he brought him home, um, I, I met him a couple of years after he was home. And he was in the middle of still transitioning. Mm-hmm. And I realized how he had my back and covered me through prayer and through pastoring, but also how I could support him. Mm -hmm. And so we became an ultimate team. But what I was supporting him with, um, I said, we can do this at a different level. Mm -hmm. And so this is how we have kind of come together collaboratively to define and redefine resources in our communities. Mm -hmm. Um, To date, we've helped over 2,000 people throughout the U.S. that have experienced similar issues. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, my father was incarcerated. Um, He died from a substance use disorder in 2018, but I remember my first encounter with the prison system is me looking at my dad through a glass. Wow. Yeah, you know, for me, when you said that, and I heard you say that earlier, it reminded me of my recollection of my stepfather going to Sing Sing and remembering sitting in the yard. Remember way, way back in the day, they all came in the yard and you sat and other families were in the yard. And I always remember that. And one of the things I said after walking out, I think I was probably 11, 12 years old. My response to myself was I was never going back on inside of prison walls again. Like never, ever, ever. Fast forward some 20 years later, I'm running the um, New York State Fatherhood Initiative, and I get a call from Carol. Um, can't remember her last name. She ran the Osborne Association in New York, wanted me to come and speak at a prison. And my, 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 my recall was I promised myself I would never go back into prison again, not knowing that when I finally released myself um, after praying and went into the prison, that it was Sing Sing that I went into and it was the same prison that I said I would never go back into wow, again. Full circle. Yeah, it was full circle. And so I'm sitting there and there's 50, you know, guys who had just gone through the fatherhood program and I'm talking to them about redemption and we love you and blah, blah, blah. And I just burst out and started crying because I kind of felt like I was talking to my stepfather. Right, that I wish that someone was there for him to have a conversation. When you think about the work you do, because I know you have passion for this because of both your husband and your father, but what drives you personally to continue to like drive in this space? Yeah, you just about got me in tears just now because my why um, is the pain. So it's the pain and the assignment. So I believe in, uh, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor, and I believe, um, I've, I've written some counseling theories, and one of the theories that I wrote is called the purpose-driven equation. And we sometimes run from our pain, kind of what you just described. I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. But when, and if, I, I, can, I can reference scripture, right? Mm-hmm. When Jesus said to pick up your cross and follow me, well, what is the cross? It's the thing that was once stained, the thing that once worked against me, and I can make it work for me now. Mm-hmm. So because I've overcome it, I had to carry it. But you can't run from stuff. Right. And as a clinician, what I have seen is people run from stuff and then uh, – more conversation for another day, but it actually turns into illness and, and dis-ease and diseases in our bodies. So my why came from, I stopped running from what used to hurt, because it hurt to have a father who was in and out of prison and who struggled with substance use disorders because it was the abandonment, it was the rejection, it was, the, well, if you love me enough, why aren't you here? And me having to carry that cross, and as I carried that cross, come into a new identity, and my purpose-driven equation says that pain plus practice plus passion equals your purpose. Pain plus plus practice, plus passion equals your purpose. My purpose was to do this. So that is my why. Mm, Dr. Jordan, I'm just going, this is a teaser. And so I'm going to bring you back 
because we want to have a longer, deeper conversation because your resources are incredible, and I want to figure out how to tap you into the National Responsible Fatherhood Network. Give your contact information so people who want to tap into some of those resources can find you. Yes, yeah, so two things. One is M, like Mary Jordan, so that's J-O-R-D-A-N, M Jordan, at Jordan Peer Recovery. Com. So that's mjordan at jordanpeerrecovery.com. My other email is mjordan at bowiestate.edu, and Bowie is B-O-W-I-E. Um, and lastly, if you wanted to get to information about the, the resources, go to www.jordanpeerrecovery.com. Dr. Jordan, thank you. A powerful, powerful young lady. Continue to thank do you. what you're doing, thank and you. thank you so much for committing to continuing to follow God's word in your life. Thank, thank you, you so much, and thank God bless you. you. God bless you, too. Third annual Returning Citizens Conference at the Potter's House in Fort Worth, Dallas. And I've been talking to several people today, so we're chopping these. And all of these individuals I'm bringing back for a deeper conversation. But my guest right now is Pastor Christopher Houston, and he is the author of Male to Man to Mentor, um, Perfecting Manhood by Cultivating Legacy. Pastor Houston, tell me a little bit about your work, some of the work that you're doing, and then let's dive into this book and why you created this book. All right, so I've been working behind prison walls. I've been preaching to men um, who were incarcerated for years. And the byproduct of working with men on a, on a weekly, daily basis, it lends you to messages that are liberating, messages that are uplifting, and it gives you a more fine-tuned understanding and assessment of what manhood really is. Mm -hmm. So this book becomes the byproduct of years of work with men, mm -hmm. okay, both incarcerated as well as free uh, men on the outside in the church as a pastor, things of that nature, working with men, conferences, and things of like that. Mm -hmm. So Male to Man to Mentor came about as a passion of mine because I felt like we were missing a clear and thorough definition of what manhood was. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the book itself lends itself to be a definition itself. Male mm -hmm. to man mm -hmm. to mentor. It's the full progression mm -hmm. of manhood. Okay. In other words, I, I start the book out by saying being a, a man is overrated. Okay. In other words, most people get to being a man and they stop the process. Mm -hmm. But the reality is anybody can become a man, but can you reproduce one? Wow. So the real test of manhood is not just your becoming. Mm -hmm. It is your ability to multiply. Come mm -hmm. on. The, 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 the understanding and the awareness of manhood mm -hmm. in others who don't yet know how to be a man. Now, do you think that when we start talking about this transition, because we've always kind of talked about it takes a village to raise children. Mm -hmm. We've heard that, yes, that, that um, phrase before. Um, that in the society today, have you seen any indicators that um, boys turning into men is caught up in a society of um, arrested development? where there are things going on in society that's not allowing our boys to easily transition into being manhood, whether that is the loss of responsibility of the community and raising our boys in that way, mm -hmm. or the loss in the value that we believe that there is an actual rites of passage for our boys that they should be going through. Well, let me put it to you this way. You mentioned the word responsibility. When I define manhood, responsibility is in the definition. Okay. In other words, one can't be a man, an authentic man, mm -hmm. without responsibility. In fact, in the in the in the book, when I define it, how I define it is maleness is a freebie. We didn't do anything for that. Maleness it just happens. 
and I'm just going to be a little bit graphic here. When we're 13, we all wake up the same way. Guess what? You didn't do nothing for that. <laughs> right. That's just maleness, yes, right? absolutely. But then you have to take the seed of maleness and plant it in the soil of responsibility mm -hmm. in order to produce the fruit of manhood. Mm -hmm. Then what is manhood? It is the conscious awareness of how of why I have what I have freely mm -hmm. and how to appropriate it via responsibility. Mm. So when we talk to answer your question, responsibility and that understanding, yes, there are obstacles. The obstacle is an ill-defined mm -hmm. definition of manhood. Wow. Okay. Who is this book for? Who should be reading this book? It's for men. It's for women. It's for anybody who, who wants to understand the, who understand the importance of having accurate um, um, definition of manhood and an operative model in their family. Because I have older men. Listen, this has been tested. I've done workshops. I can't, for, for ethical reasons, I can't sell my book behind prison walls because I am an employee of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Absolutely. So what I did was I took the book itself and I transformed um, um, the name into Man Cave. Okay. And, my, and my man cave workshop has had nothing but great reviews behind prison walls. And I've had men, I'm making an ecumenical mm -hmm. uh, workshop. And I have men in there who are Christian men. I have men, even though the book has a lot of, um, it's, it's based out of scriptural principle and things of that nature. I write it in such a way that any man from any faith can understand the definition and benefit from the definition of manhood. Mm -hmm. And I've had older men. I have men over 60 um, um, some odd years old and younger men who were in their teens go through man cave and each of them come out enriched by the definition and the interaction and the engagement that I have around this topic of manhood. Wow. This is incredible, Pastor. This is Pastor Christopher Houston. His book, again, is Male to Man to Mentorship, Perfecting Manhood by Cultivating Legacy. I'm just teasing y'all today, but I'm bringing him back because this is a powerful, powerful brother. We've had some great conversation today. We're going to talk about manhood. We're going to talk about returning citizens. We're going to talk about the faith, yes. right? Faith-based communities, yes. responsibility in this space, which we don't talk about a lot. Yes, and so closing words, lasting words, give me something. All right. First of all, you can get the book at mailtomantomentor.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's where you can get the book. Let me close out with this right here. Here's the important. Why, why, why is this so? important? Why is there a necessity to get to mentorship? In the book, I, I end up disclosing that mentorship is synonymous with discipleship. Okay. So why is it important? Mm -hmm. So let's take Abraham real quick, and I'll give you this real fast. Abraham, they, when they called Abraham, they would call the name Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They wouldn't just call the man, they called his generations. Okay, absolutely. So my question to men is, if you want to be a successful man, who are they calling after your name? Mm. Can you be successful through four generations? What is the fourth generation? How about we go there for a minute? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are three generations. Who is the fourth generation? Well, let me give you a little bit of indication. Jacob goes into Egypt with his family. Mm -hmm. 400 years later, the entire nation of Israel comes out, come on, mm -hmm. and God calls the nation itself son. Mm. Yes. So what happens in the fourth generation? It's the birth of a nation. Why does the iniquity visit from the third and fourth generation? Because he's trying to stop the birth of a nation. I'm trying to see men who are successful into their fourth generation where their nation is born, where mm -hmm. their legacy is sealed, where, mm -hmm. they're, where, 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 they're, where what they're providing, come on, from a manhood standpoint, didn't just get them something in their generation, but it got those after them set up for success. Wow. Listen, email address, website, I think you said it, but say it again. 
So uh, meltomentomentor.com, that's going to have everything that you need there. Just go and get the book. Um, I actually, believe it or not, I need to do an, another print of it. So mm-hmm. I've only got limited copies on hand. So mm-hmm. get yours while it lasts. Listen, y'all going to see this man in my life. I'm not letting <laughs> this man in my life. He is a powerful individual. Pastor, thank you so much. And thank you for thank being you a for short guest right now on I Am Dad podcast. podcast but you will be back. God thank bless you, so you brother. Blessings to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad Podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period.